Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode of Everything Under the Sun is sponsored by NHTSA. A child's body temperature rises three to five times faster than an adult's, and leaving a child in a hot vehicle can lead to their death very quickly. Tragically, in 2020, 24 children died of pediatric vehicular heat stroke, and many of these incidents occurred when parents or caregivers simply forgot the child was in the car. Please set yourself reminders on your cell phone or place something you'll need in the back seat so you don't forget your child. Always look for your baby before you lock. From AccuWeather.com, this is Everything Under the Sun. It's our weekly podcast with stories and information about the weather and climate. What we do here is we take that information from our AccuWeather.com meteorologists and experts, and we combine that with expertise from around the world and get you to weatherproof your life. Hi, I'm your host, AccuWeather meteorologist Dean DeVore. Glad to be with you here on this fourth episode in our summer series as we get you to weatherproof your life for the summer. You know, summer season is kind of wedding season, right? In fact, 73% of all weddings occur between May and October. June is the third month in terms of the frequency of weddings in a month, but engagement season is normally in the holiday seasons. We get into November and December and around the holidays itself, but we had two AccuWeather meteorologists do a special kind of engagement situation just a few weeks ago in front of a tornado. You may have heard and read about the story, but we'll talk to Tom Bedard and Ray Amadei about that amazing moment coming up in our first Race of Focus segment. Coming up in our second segment, we'll talk with our friend, Chief Executive Dr. Liz Bentley of the Royal Meteorological Society as AccuWeather and our Mets continue to partner to bring you the Weather Photographer of the Year contest for 2021, coming to the end of the public period for putting in your masterpieces. So we'll talk about that. And finally, an amazing heat wave that is going to be deadly and cause amazing problems. It looks like for parts of the Pacific Northwest up into Western Canada, we're going to talk about the seriousness of this aspect with our AccuWeather meteorologist, Dave Samuel. Lots to talk about here at episode four of our summer series. Sit back, relax, and friends, it's time to talk about everything under the sun. I've known AccuWeather meteorologist Tom Bedard since he started here the first time. He worked for AccuWeather back in 2014 and actually knew him when he was a student at Penn State. Tom has a flair for the dramatic. In fact, uh, as you'll hear, I think uh, one of the things that I certainly have uh, appreciated with Tom over the years is his funny way of doing Snapchat and Instagram stories. Well, apparently I wasn't the only one that got enamored in that young lady named Rhea Mayday, who's also now a meteorologist from AccuWeather, met Tom back in 2016. Sparks flew, and here we go. As we got into the Memorial Day weekend, Tom had an idea to do an amazing engagement in front of one of the most uh, infamous weather phenomenon, a tornado. How did that all come about? You may have heard about it, you may have seen it, you may have read about it, but now we get to talk to the people who are involved AccuWeather meteorologists Tom Bedard and Rhea Mayday right here on Everything Under the Sun. Tom and Rhea, what an amazing story 
Um, let's go back. Now, Tom, as I said in the in the setup here, you had worked at AccuWeather. You actually left for a while and were working uh, through an agency with the National Weather Service. And, you know, primarily, Tom, your job has been to try to help educate people to how to deal with severe weather, especially uh, thunderstorms, tornadoes. I mean, this is right up your alley. So this is something that had been in your DNA and in your life. And is it something that you always imagined trying to do this kind of proposal to a tornado or was this something specific? Specific to Rhea. I had hoped that by her and I living in, in Wichita for going on four years, that by now we would have seen a tornado. I mean, you moved to Kansas. Theoretically, it's supposed to be Tornado Alley, uh, but now it's just Drought Alley and Brush Fire Alley. So in trying to find a good opportunity to propose, um, I thought a tornado would be a great idea here to find that <laughs> Rhea independently also thought a tornado was a great idea. We didn't learn that we had the same thought until afterwards. Uh, but as you as you mentioned, my career spinning around weather safety, that's why I should add that we did all of this very, very safely with <laughs> and Rich Putnam, making sure we were clear of the lightning and the tornado threat as it loomed ominously in the distance. You guys met about 2016 or so, right, at AMS? Is that how I remember? Because I kind of remember you were pretty giddy, I think, when I talked to you a couple of times after that. Tom, Rhea, what, what was your first impression of this goofy guy that uh, went to Penn State and now is out in the Midwest working? <laughs> we actually met at the 2016 AMS conference in January, and I was going there as a student just wanting to get an idea of what different career paths I can take. I had just changed my career path from doing broadcast to doing mostly emergency management, um, home and security. And Tom was part of one of the um, keynotes there. And I was just there to learn, was not there to do anything else but learn. But we made a connection very quickly. And he just seemed like someone who's really interesting in the weather community. Everyone's super weird and quirky, but he had this, <laughs> he had this overwhelming introverted, extroverted personality right. that I also sometimes can feel in myself. And I was like, okay. like. So you like those Snapchat and Instagram stories too. They drew you to Tom as, as they did me over the years. I mean, there, there are some classics there that I don't, I just, you have to understand folks, these Snapchat and Instagram stories, they can go on for hours where he's just constantly commenting on things and, and, and it's just, it's just funny stuff. So has that always been at the core of your relationship, even from that first meeting and getting to know each other, the seriousness of what you both do, which is try to save lives and protect property, but also the humor that we all have to have because as meteorologists, we're often predicting things that don't necessarily come out the exact way we think they are, but there, there has to be some humor in that. So are those things that uh, are in common with both of you, Rhea first and then Tom? Tom is an eclectic storyteller and he always has been. And he's doing a little little nod over there in the corner, but he, he has always completely encapsulated me in his stories, whether it's the Snapchat stories when we first started dating where I'm just rolling over on the floor, cracking up at <laughs> why is he making a story for an hour long about a spider? Yep. I remember that one. <laughs> I was skewed because of that story. But I, so, I've always appreciated that about him. And we wrote letters for our first year since we were distant. And in those letters, he was still telling stories. That's awesome. Now, so you met in 2016. That was in New Orleans. Um, and then it was about a year or two later that you both find yourselves working for AccuWeather in our Wichita office, which if you understand the way AccuWeather works, um, 
they are really kind of our severe weather center. They uh, take the lead on doing forecasts for railroads and many great companies around the country trying to protect them and their business. Kind of really where the center of our AccuWeather for Business uh, occurs in terms of the actual production of the forecast. So you both find yourselves working there. You know, after meeting him and watching Snap Stories and stuff, when did he start throwing on that Tom Bedard charm? (laughs) So I, I should say for the record that we started dating before coming to AccuWeather. Oh, there you go. Okay. Um, now, That's now good that to know. I've gotten to the point in my career where I don't want the reputation of dating a coworker. But unfortunately, um, when we started dating late in 2016, uh, we did an entire year remote. I was working in Hoboken, New Jersey. She was finishing up her degree. And then AccuWeather hired her as a storm warning meteorologist. A week after we moved her in, uh, I started talking with some fun folks who said that they might have a job for somebody who likes talking and talking about training and emergency management. And so they moved me down to Wichita, too, which I should add, it's the reputation of almost being the best office at AccuWeather. We're just kind of short one <laughs> Dean DeVore, so we, we don't really get the title. But uh, most people across the world know Wichita as both the fun and exciting city and the center of the best office. There you go. See, always trying to butter up the host. So you guys get there and your um, interest in each other already peaked. And you're for what you do. I mean, you both enjoy chasing storms. So how much storm chasing had you guys been doing in these years leading up uh, in the last five years uh, since uh, till we got to the proposal time here here in 2021? Sadly, not many. It really has to be a perfect combination of having friends that have the same day off as you, having shift work, that's kind of difficult, and making sure that the storms are going to occur on your day off. So they have been very few and far between. So us getting a storm on a Saturday in late May was stars aligning, really. So let's go to that point. It's Memorial Day weekend, 2021. And you may remember that if you were in the Northeast, because it was probably one of the worst Memorial Days ever weekends, right? It was just terrible, rainy, chilly. Meanwhile, heat building out West, middle of the country, battleground zone. When did you, Tom, kind of think that you had a shot here going out on that Saturday? Was it Saturday of Memorial Day weekend, right, uh, that you went out? And, and, and when did you have an inkling that this could be the shot? Had you had other shots, Tom, to think about it? Or was this one that you were, you were really coming together, coalescing? You were, you were planning the trip? I mean, it, it, how recent to the actual event, the actual engagement proposal, did you put this plan into motion? I've been planning this with one of the other meteorologists here, Rich Putnam, for about a month. We had gone out previously, didn't find any luck. The storms were big. They were pretty. They just weren't spinning in the right way. And we went home that night, having seen some good storms, but nothing worth proposing. This trip was an absolute risk for us because it was a slight risk out in the western uh, Kansas Plains, eastern Colorado, and it was going to be a six-hour slog out there. Maybe no storms, maybe they all just glob together and there's no tornado. So at no point in time until the actual proposal was I confident that it was actually going to happen on that trip. It was just, I I would say it was luck, but Ray helped put together the forecast. Well, I was going to say that's an important, that's an important point. Yeah. It's Raya's expertise that got them to the right place. Yes. Don't don't gloss over that. I may I'm not. I, I think that's a big years. part of this story. <laughs> we can't ignore that. I also had the help of, I know we keep on saying his name, sure. Putnam. he 
we were collaborating the night before. I woke up really early to start looking at the latest model guidance to kind of get hone in on a spot. And both him and I were like, yes, it's a slight risk, but it could be pretty cool to see different terrain that we haven't seen before. That was my thought. I didn't know that there was a bigger picture, bigger plan going on behind it. So in my mind, I'm like, all right, we're going to drive six hours to southeastern Colorado, see some of the Raton Mesas, see some changes in elevation because in Kansas, there aren't many. And that was it. You know, uh, one thing we do in this program is try to educate and we should tell folks when we talk about slight risk, um, the National Weather Service and the Storm Prediction Center now has a, a scale of, uh, was it four different levels? I think there's five colors. Five colors. You're right. And, and the bright marginal, pink one is very bad. Yes, yeah, so marginal, slight, moderate or enhanced and high. I right. Think and high. And then you, right. No, that's exactly right. I'm looking it up here. And then, and the colors are light green to yellow to orange to red. And then high is pink or purple. And then there's also, you add potentially dangerous to some of those high risk situations. So slight risk is kind of just the very, you know, when you're looking at that kind of forecast from the SBC or from us here at AccuWeather, it's not, it's uh, 10 or 12% chance, right? It's, and if you were putting a number to it. So you guys were taking a leap of faith. And with Rhea having no idea that this was impending, Tom in his, uh, in his mind, the way it works, probably had this all spun out in his head. So let's get to the moment. Let's get to the moment. You know, I personally haven't storm chased. I think obviously it's a lot different than folks who have seen Twister and all of those great movies. It's, it's a whole different ball game. But talk to me, whoever wants to start and describe those minutes up until that moment when the magic happened. I want to add this point that I didn't actually see Twister until Tom and I had a thousand mile apart date night. <laughs> and we watched it together. So I want to say that this has been long in the making, seeing a Twister together because we got to see Twister together. Right. And uh, we're going to we're, there's a payoff to that comparison when we get here at the end. Uh, I think something that I read that Tom wrote um, about Reyes. So, Tom, tell me the tell me those minutes leading up to that to the moment what was your heart doing uh and i guess the way i'm reading this it wasn't even till the moment that tornado dropped out of the cloud it, it, it still was you know not something that you were certain it was going to happen yeah so so medically speaking my heart was doing bad things at the time not sure what the rhythm was not sure what the rate was it just felt like uh an EMS, we call it the um, impending feeling of doom uh so i had that going first time experiencing it and the, the storm was coming from a really lazy environment. There weren't a lot of good dynamics in place to give it the spin. And then Rich and Ray looked at it and said, give it a second. It stepped over into a much better environment, started to rapidly spin, started to look very scary. And then we saw the descending wall cloud and then the funnel cloud and then the tornado. Uh, if you listen to the video, which you shouldn't with small children, because there's not great language in it, because <laughs> I had no control over to my mouth, my mouth and my mind. Um, I was it was panicking. It was seeing it and then running to the car, grabbing the ring and then trying to trick Rhea into taking a selfie with a tornado, because that's a thing that I normally ask her for. So is that a little weird to you? Uh, all this stuff going on, you're not really uh, knowing that what he's trying to do. And you're caught up, I'm sure, Ray, in the excitement of seeing this potential tornado. And you're like, you want to take a selfie? What are you nuts? I mean, is that kind of the first thing that popped into your mind, Raya? Well, I was in the process of filming it. So I have, I have a video of 
the funnel descending to the ground and both Tom and I are screaming, it's on the ground, it's on the ground. So I'm doing a timestamp within the video, trying to get that done. And Tom's like, all right, we need to get a picture. It's like, okay, I love pictures. Let's get a picture. So I hand my phone over to Rich and Tom wanted me to look like longingly at the tornado, like looking back. <laughs> and I was like, all right, this is a, this is a very Tom thing to do. And at that moment, he very slickly pulled the little red box out of his pocket. And I had no idea. It's gotta be, I mean, just that moment and then the bliss and then the joy. I mean, uh, we're all so joyous for you all. Um, so Rich was there as well. Was there, was there anybody else physically there at that moment? Rich's wife, Steph, was also there, but normally you would have chaser convergence. There's only one other car in our area, which made the moment even more intimate and special. Which which kind of speaks to y'all's ability because every previous storm we had been on, we were the first car there. And then you'd see the rush of people with Oklahoma license plate, Texas license plates, and the TIV would like sprint by, give us a double beat. We saw Reed Timmer a couple of times. So we've, we've successfully beat all of them to the best spots in the storm. And I think that's because one, y'all have good prowess. And two, uh, we just wanted to be safe and be well outside of traffic and, and away from any danger. Um, we're so glad that you guys did escape danger. And we have this beautiful story to talk about. Um, let's just kind of do some wrap ups here in it. First of all, have you guys talked about a date or set a date? Uh, or are we just going to kind of wait for another tornado to drop down? How's that looking? Have we talked about that at all? I don't know if I want to wait another five years for a <laughs> And I guess the other question I would have, Tom, did you have a backup? And what what if the tornado hadn't dropped that day? Where, where was was there a backup, a day that you were saying, well, tornado or not, I'm going to pop the question. Was it was it coming soon? Uh, there is an Olive Garden in Derby, Kansas that we were going to go to the next. No, so um, <laughs> I, had, I had seen the structure of the tornado, I don't know, the tornado of the supercell. And so I knew as soon as the thing wrapped up and pulled its mothership status, that I was going to use that moment for the proposal. I just wanted to wait and see that if I, we could actually get lucky enough to have a touchdown. If the day had been a wash, um, there were some other scenarios that I had planned out. None nearly as exciting, but probably a little bit safer. And I should add that that was the only confirmed tornado in the United States that day. That day, yes. I was going to bring that up. So there's that. There's also this we Twister mentioned, which I thought the best quote that I read after was Tom said, I think it was a quote, I found my Helen Hunt. Is that was that your quote there, Mr. Bedard? That that was my quote, you know, weeks later or weeks before, given up my hope that I would still be able to meet and marry Helen Hunt, because as a as a nerdy kid watching Twister growing up on that as a kid, um, that's basically what's in my bloodstream. And then I had made the decision that I should probably marry Rhea because that's slightly more realistic. Well, I think Ray is, uh, you know, got head and shoulders on Helen from my point of view. That's just uh, that's just me. This is a, this is a heartwarming story. We've we've had so much negativity. Uh, it is great to uh, see this, hear this, read this. You can look at AccuWeather.com and get uh, a, a good uh, read on this story. You can see the video, but it was great. I wanted to spend some time with the two of you. Uh, Tom and I go back uh even before he got working at AccuWeather the first time as a student. Ray, it's been great to get to know you and your great work. And, you know, we're really happy not only that, um, you know, and you guys mentioned this, you know, about dating coworkers. I think here at AccuWeather Meteorologists, I mean, we we spend a lot of time together and we have the same interests. So it's just natural that we have a lot of couples working not only 
in the meteorology department, brother, you know, my partner works down in the television systems and that kind of thing. So the fact that we love weather and love this company so much, I think kind of lends to when other people are working amongst us, we love them as well. So I love both of you. Thanks for spending time here with this amazing story. I think a lot of people are going to enjoy seeing the video and now hear some of the backstory of it. It's, it's a great story. Congratulations again for all of us at AccuWeather and Everything Under the Sun. And we'll talk to you all soon. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dean. You know, you can see and hear and read some of the work from Rhea and Tom as you look at our website, AccuWeather.com. And if you ever want to uh, get some great information about your business, help weatherproof your business life, AccuWeather for Business and things that Rhea and Tom do are right up your alley. You can go to our website and get all that information. But an amazing story. Maybe everything under the sun will be there for the wedding when they get it scheduled. We hope to do that as well. You know, what's been amazing the last couple of years is our partnership with the Royal Meteorological Society as they put on the Weather Photographer of the Year. The 2021 contest is upon us. In fact, we're running out of time for you to get your entries in. We're going to check in with the chief executive of our Mets, Dr. Liz Bentley, about how you can get your entry in for Weather Photographer of the Year before the deadline here this coming week. We'll talk about that up next. This is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Whether you're at home getting ready for work, packing the kids' lunch, or commuting, listen to AccuWeather Daily. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and you'll get the top trending weather story of the day every day. Welcome back to Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. I'm your host, meteorologist Dean DeVore, and as we've been telling you, we are so proud for the third time overall, second time in the last two calendar years. AccuWeather has been a proud partner with our friends at Royal Meteorological Society. Armets has uh, been sponsoring the Weather Photographer of the Year contest for the last five years, and we're proud to be partners again. We had an amazing experience with them last year. We're in the final stages of the public entry period, and so it's our pleasure to welcome in the chief executive of Armets, Dr. Liz Bentley, to get an update on how you can get that masterpiece in here in the last days of the competition. Liz, exciting times here as we come to the end of the period where folks can submit their photos. And I've been looking at some of the stuff you just posted on a, a tweet as we're recording this midweek um, of some of these entries. And they are absolutely gorgeous. You guys have to be so excited at our Mets. And I know we are at AccuWeather and getting ready for this uh, version, the 2021 version of Weather Photographer of the Year. Oh, it's, it's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. So we're coming to the end. Um, we've been had the competition open nearly two months and we're into the final week now. So uh, last few days to get submissions in. But as you say, we've been looking at the submissions today. We've had, uh, well, over 6,000 entries so far, and we usually get a flurry towards the end. So I'm expecting us to to see that number go up significantly. And as you say, fantastic. And we, we had a new category this year. So we've right. got the mobile category. And and again, good numbers, nearly 2,500 to that category. So nearly half of the entries into the new category, which is which fantastic. Which is mobile, mobile device photographs. So like off your iPhone or your Android or your tablet or whatever, what was the percentage do you think before of some of the photos that you were getting generally that were off mobile device? Uh, and then 
Have you seen that actually increase since you've uh, added that separate scenario? Yes, I haven't looked at the detail in numbers, but I I get the feeling anecdotally, it feels like the the numbers have gone up quite significantly this year. So, you know, maybe a quarter of the images last year were were for mobile phones, but, you know, looking much closer to half of the images. And I think that's partly because we've introduced it as a separate category. We're Mm -hmm. encouraging people to submit it from their mobile devices. And, And, you know, the cameras on mobile devices are are fantastic. So we're getting some spectacular images from from that category. You know, older folks that have spent their life with uh, in photography and then you know, I remember like showing my grandfather one of the first iPhone photos and like you can do that on your phone. It's pretty yeah. pretty amazing. Uh, so this podcast drops in uh, Friday, the 25th of June. I think, what is it, uh, Monday, the 29th? Tuesday, the 29th. So it's midnight, uh, the night of the 29th, so the end of the day. That's UK time. So that's important to remember as well. Um, uh, so uh, midnight uh, UK time is about 7 p.m. Eastern time, right? That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 7 p.m. on the 29th of June. That's next Tuesday. So a few days to go. Again, AccuWeather, this is uh, our third time partnering second year in a row. And this is exciting. I know Jesse Farrell, who did judging last year, will help in the next phase. So once folks put their pictures in or their masterpieces in, then we'll go a a month or so where you folks will kind of synthesize those and come up with some finalists. And then we'll also get a list that we as the public can vote on later in the summer, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, So we go through the thousands of entries and need to shortlist it down to around about 25 to 30 images. And that's a mammoth challenge for us. Then we need to, as judges, look at what we we think are the kind of first the overall winner for each of the categories, and we have a first, second place for the for the main category. Um, and then, as you say, we announce the shortlist. We put that out to the public, and there's around about a month. So this will be the end of September into sorry, end of August into September, and there's about a month where there's a public vote, uh, and. Each year, I think, the, well, I'm, I'm certain the public vote has been different from the judges' vote. So there's a yeah, real opportunity yeah. for everybody to to engage with the competition at that point. And then we'll announce all the winners in October. We have a Weather Live event in October, and we'll announce all the winners at that point. Are we going to be doing that virtually again this year as we did last year, or are we going to try to do some hybrid as we come out of COVID? So I I, I think at this stage it looks virtual, uh, I have to say. I think, uh, you know, e- even though things are going in the right direction COVID-wise, right. I think we'll make and I think virtually as well, it helps because, uh, you know, we can reach a much wider audience. But if there's a chance to do anything hybrid, then, yeah, we'll look at that. That sounds good. But, yeah, I agree. I think because these images are coming from all over the world, uh, it is nice to be able to connect everybody together. Again, the way to do this, if you want to uh, put your entry in, it's photocrowd.com slash W-P-O-T-Y, Weather Photographer of the Year. That's our hashtag, too, on Twitter. Twitter, W-P-O-T-Y, photocrowd.com slash W-P-O-T-Y. You know, we've been dealing with um, incredible weather in the United States. I mean, another amazing, dangerous, deadly heat wave is aimed at the Pacific Northwest and those areas for late this weekend, early next week. We've had some uh, really strong thunderstorms, that tornado south of uh, Chicago, which think about how close that was to downtown Chicago. That gets scary. Anything going on across the pond that uh, that you guys have been dealing 
dealing with. I know poor Liz is dealing with hay fever. They're getting it over <laughs> there. They're with the grass pollen. But anything else going on over there? Well, if you look at Europe, we're in a, a similar position. So we've got a really deep plunge of, of cold air, actually, yeah. just, just to the west of us. But to the east of us, the, a real plume of warm air. So really intense heat wave is affecting central and eastern parts of Europe. Draw a line from about Italy going up to kind of Moscow. Anything east of that is, you know, they're seeing record-breaking temperatures. The temperatures aren't as high as I've seen coming out of the US, but it's still, you know, for this time of year, those temperatures are getting well into the 30s, high 30s. It's, you know, record-breaking temperatures that they've had. So really unusual. Yeah, Europeans don't do with long, sweltering heat waves. Like, (laughs) uh, you know, I mean, some areas of this country get used to it, I think, more, and people get used to it a little bit, but it's not something they get used to out there. Well, my friend, we're excited. I know we've got a lot of work to do, but between now and October, we'll do it and we'll keep chronicling it together. Thanks so much. Appreciate the time and certainly looking forward to the partnering once again here as we are with the Royal Meteorological Society, Weather Photographer of the Year for 2021, photocrowd.com slash W-P-O-T-Y. Liz, best of luck here over the next couple of weeks getting this all together. Brilliant. Thank you. All kinds of valuable information about this contest on the Royal Meteorological Society website, rmets.org, on our website, accuweather.com. And again, to go right directly to the place where you can put your entry in or get the information, go to photocrowd.com slash W-P-O-T-Y. Again, photocrowd.com slash W-P-O-T-Y. Maybe you're going to let the rest of the world know what you entered. You can use that W-P-O-T-Y as a hashtag on Twitter as you put your entry in and show the world your masterpieces. I'm looking forward to going through the public judging and getting the results of the competition here as we get into fall. I am also looking forward to talking to Dave Samuel, our meteorologist who kind of specializes in the long range and certainly in the West with heat and wildfires. Those are going to be big stories over the weekend and this coming week with a amazing, deadly heat wave building into the Pacific Northwest. Dave Samuel joins me here to talk about that heat wave next. This is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. This podcast is sponsored by the NHTSA. Every year, children die from being left alone in cars. If you see a child left unattended, call 911 immediately. Welcome back to Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. I'm your host, meteorologist Dean DeVore, as we continue on in this fourth episode of our summer series. Already have talked about that amazing proposal by AccuWeather meteorologists Tom Bedard and Rhea Mayday. And we talked about the Weather Photographer of the Year contest with our friend Dr. Liz Bentley. And we'll uh, certainly keep following the Weather Photographer of the Year situation. But as we get into this weather for the weekend and beyond, which is always our third segment here on Everything Under the Sun, it is important to talk about some very dangerous heat and problems building in the Pacific Northwest. And I thought uh, one gentleman who would be good to talk to here is one of our long-range team, Dave Samuel, who just came off of a refreshing vacation up in Michigan and is now back working. And Dave, I mean, this is the second incursion of hot air into this region, and this one looks even worse than the last one. We had all kinds of records being broken in the Pacific Northwest with the one a week or so ago, and this one looks even worse. You know, when reading our information and our talking points here from AccuWeather.com, we often worry about cold snaps and the intense Arctic nature of cold air and how dangerous that is. 
This is every bit as dangerous and in some ways maybe worse because sometimes I think it's easier to warm up in some areas than it is to cool off. So as you've been looking at the weather for your 20, 30 years, this is uh, amazing stuff that we're seeing heading to the Pacific Northwest through the weekend into the early part of next week. Yeah, this heat dome we're seeing build build that'll likely occur uh, through the weekend into next week. That's something we see normally later in the summer across the Northwest. Much more common to get June heat in the Southwest. In fact, uh, Arizona, California, Southern Body, they get their highest temperatures in June right ahead of the uh, monsoon. But for the Northwest, yeah, this is absolutely nuts. Uh, Some of the uh, readings I'm seeing, uh, we're forecasting readings above 110 degrees in Portland. Well, they've never seen a temperature to 110 degrees, so we're talking all-time heat. I mean, uh, yeah, and uh, the forecast high, yeah, we could be breaking dozens um, of records and, and over several days. So this is going to be not only intense, but long lasting. We're talking about the core of this heat dome lasting three, four, five days in those areas. Yeah, at least uh, it's going to be nasty. I mean, we're looking at the heat to peak west of the Cascades, Seattle and Portland, Sunday, Monday, look like the hottest days. And uh, we they, those could be the hottest days on record uh, for any month. Those June records, uh, they're going to get blown out of right. the water. Yep. The July and August record high temperatures are higher, but we're right. even going to beat those. Yeah, and then it's, again, it's just, that's when you're normally your all-time high records right, in a place yeah. because of the heat budget, the way it works here in the lower 48 yeah. is, uh, you know, we realize some of our hottest temperatures July and August, but it, yeah, incredible stuff. And even the coastal areas, like a place like British Columbia, you know, who, uh, Vancouver, you yeah. know, doesn't necessarily right. get into the heat because they're protected by the cooler Pacific Ocean, but they could be setting records <laughs> in the low to mid 80s. They won't know how to act around there. Yeah, it's going to be toasty there and you can't even roll out, you know, 90s near 100 even on the coast of British Columbia. So it's it's not just the uh, U.S., it's uh, British Columbia uh, getting in on the heat. So obviously in part and parcel with the heat is the dryness and the fire danger. And Dave Samuel and his team, uh, Dave leads uh, one of the leaders of our fire danger weather. And so that has been through the roof and that just continues. What are the after effects of this or, yeah. or is it too early to tell? Well, this is bad news because we had a lot of moisture in this area over the winter. The snowpack was very deep, but uh, it's quickly turned around and we're seeing this heat. Uh, that's going to melt away any high mountain snow that's lingering. Uh, where that snow is, there's usually lots of trees and obviously trees can burn. So we're going to see a fire season uh, really uh, get going probably even a little earlier than expected in the Northwest. Uh, we've kind of been ramping our forecast up for the Northwest, uh, just seeing we were forecasting a hot summer, but uh, maybe uh, not expecting it to be this soon. So normally in the Northwest, the, the core of the fire season isn't until late July and August, but could be earlier this year. And that's even with a lot of precip uh, last winter, which is quite unusual. But um, right now, uh, Dean, for fire season, it is in full swing yeah. across the Southwest. Yeah. And that heat wave last week, I don't helped. I, I agree. And, and it's only going to get worse. I mean, so uh, prolonged heat, high energy demand, we could see problems with energy. We've saw that uh, in other places when we were trying to demand for uh, heating. This will be a high demand for cooling. Obviously, air quality, especially if we start getting the fires. But the fact that there's just no air movement in a lot of these places, it's just going to be so stifling. And then... Um, you know, the drought, as you said, it's going to get exacerbated. This is a, this is a dangerous situation, deadly yeah. potentially here for yeah. for those folks. And, and you want to stay tuned and, and keep abreast of this. You're right. I mean, heat in a lot of ways can be more dangerous, especially in these places. They're not air conditioned. And like you said, there's not much flow. So you're not going to get that cooling breeze. It's going to be warm day and night. So uh, this heat wave could certainly be deadly. Yes. Um, let's talk quickly here in our time remaining, Dave, about the rest of the country. Now, it's funny because you build that heat dome in the West, usually have 
for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. There is a cool air pouring in a little bit through the middle of the country, and there's a boundary setting up that is going to create the potential for repeated showers and thunderstorms, possibility of strong to severe storms at least early in the weekend, but then just repeated downpours, places like St. Louis, Chicago, Detroit, and then up into um, you know parts of uh, Canada. It looks like the eastern seaboard gets protected uh, by a little bit of ridging, but uh, a lot of rain in those areas. This is now some of those Chicago needs rain. They're in drought. Right. But the way this is going to come down and fits and starts, it may not be good. And a lot of flooding issues and low um, flash flood situations and those kinds of things. Yeah. It's the yin and the yang. We get this heat pump to really get going in the Northwest and cool weather is going to come down through the plains and places like Denver are going to be way below average. (laughs) Yeah. And that's not even that far from where this heat dome is. So uh, the way patterns getting a little bundled up. And like you said, with the East Coast, you're seeing a little bit of the Bermuda Ridge extending in. So that's uh, going to get pretty nasty. Well, and right. And, yeah, Coast, and, and it's, like, yeah, it's not necessarily guys. a lot of heat. It's not necessarily the intense heat, but you add in the humidity. And now by the weekend, like places like uh, Philly, New York, even Boston, those real fields are above 90. And there's no relief in that. We've been getting used to these little gifts from Canada. Yeah, Thank right. you, Canada. <laughs> but uh, it looks like here in the Northeast, that's going to be shut down a bit. Um, heading into next week after does the, the heat situation wanes in out west midweek but it doesn't look like it right it doesn't look like it breaks down completely no. so yeah. while the most intense may be earlier in the week it looks like it just keeps on coming i mean i guess the good news is california at least southern california uh, arizona really missing out on this latest heat wave and uh, they're going to be okay next week this heat though is going to kind of slowly head eastward uh, so we'll see some cooling in seattle and portland but uh, 80s to near 90 that's still way above yeah. average normal highs are still in the 70s for the most part, but that heat just slowly heads east. Well, for uh, all these reasons, you need to keep checking in with AccuWeather.com and uh, our AccuWeather apps, and so you can make sure that you're protected and safe. This is a very dangerous situation that is brewing out west. Dave, we thank you and your team for keeping us. We kind of saw this coming. Um, Just uh, as it's coming, it's a little bit worse than maybe even the modeling and everybody expected, but this is not a total surprise we're seeing. No, no. We were expecting the Northwest to be one of the hottest places compared to average this summer. So this goes in line with our summer forecast. But yeah, to this extent, we weren't expecting all-time records in June. That's for sure. You and the family had a nice vacation in Michigan uh, yes, at the lake. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think I'd rather be right oh, there the yeah, rest of boy. this week and the weekend. Was nice, nice cool water. So mm. it's, uh, it, was, it was very nice. Dave, thanks for being with us here on Everything Under the Sun. Thanks for having me. This is certainly a weekend and into next week that you want to be in tune with the weather, especially if you live out west where this dangerous heat is building. So many times, as I said, I think we talk a lot about cold outbreaks, but not so much about heat outbreaks. And this one is looking dangerous. So make sure that you're following along on AccuWeather.com, your AccuWeather app, both on Android and Apple. And also we'll have all that information with our AccuWeather network and our great media partners out west. So when we reconvene next week, look, It's hard to believe, but friends, we are really rocketing through summer. We are coming up just a week or so away from our middle summer holiday, the 4th of July, Independence Day celebration, and something that's been near and dear to my heart during the 4th of July is being part of the Macy's fireworks display in New York City. Over the last 10 years, I've been on site 
with our partner, our great radio partner, 1010 Winds in New York, as they are the official radio station of the Macy's Fireworks. We're going to bring you a preview of what the Macy's folks say is going to be the biggest and best show ever. We'll talk about that next week in Episode 5. We'll also revisit with our friends at AAA as they get you ready for travel, what we learned about the Memorial Day holiday travel, and things we've been seeing as I've been out and about and talking to people. There are surprises out there on the road, and if you're traveling and you need to be prepared, AAA will be here with their 4th of July travel forecast. Summer's rolling on, and we're rolling right with it, and we'll keep you up to date on the latest for information that you need to weatherproof your life. For all of the hundreds of AccuWeather team members working hard every day to do that, weatherproof your life. And for our executive production team, Andrew Robb and Ken Prell, I'm Dean DeVore, your host. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our guests. And we'll see you next week for episode number five of the summer series of 2021. This is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review Everything Under the Sun on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And of course, if you have an idea for a future podcast, just email us at accuweather.podcast at accuweather.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.